We're taking a deep dive into goal setting for 2020 Tribe and it is happening today. We're really gonna rev the engine, crank up the gears and flick on that supercharger. And we're going to make sure that you guys leave understanding exactly how to reverse engineer your goals. We're gonna get stuck into it in just one second. And hey, before we get started, very quickly, in case this is your first time rolling with the Unity Tribe, uh, my name is Yanni Bormeister. Behind the camera is Richard Lellies. To my left here is Phil White, aka Dr. Phil. Hates me saying it, but I'm going to continue going. Uh, with that, um, he is our resident physiotherapist, and uh, we are Unity Gym, and we teach people to become superhuman. If you ever want to find out a few of the secrets as to how we do that, we give away our free flexibility nutrition, and strength blueprints. They're all available at www.unitygym.com. The bottom of every page, you can just download it for free. It's an epic blueprint on the, 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 the guts of our program, so to speak. Now, if you're watching today, very importantly, Phil and I both here are holding what we call a fitness strategy worksheet. Hold those up. Now, this is very much tailored to fitness, obviously, but you could create one of these for any goal in your life. But this is the worksheet we use with our tribe that we offer uh, to reverse engineer their fitness goals when they come to the gym. And that's what we're going to work through today. I've linked a PDF in the description. I put Rad to work very hard, creating a nice landing page and everything. So you can click on that link. It'll take you over download the, uh, the, blue, uh, the, the worksheet and you can play along with us. I'm very proud of it. It was uh, something that I don't really understand how to do, but Rad can do all that cool stuff in the background. So he's done it. It works. I tried it. It works. Get your, get your fitness strategy session worksheet. Okay. This, before we get started, we're, we're diving in. How are you feeling today, Phil? Mate, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Uh, in honor of the new podcast listeners we're hopefully developing, I've got a fresh haircut, so I'm ready to roll. And um, Oh, yeah, and good. what we'll have to do for the podcast <laughs> listeners, I know, look at that. Um, uh, he's looking sharp. Richie's got a new haircut too. So do I, actually. I, I, <laughs> I, I went and got my haircut in the shower last night with my um, waterproof clippers. Doesn't take long. Yeah, yeah. mate. Oh, man, I save so much money every year not having to get my haircut. I used to go to like... Yeah. Pay, I use about hundred dollars right. every two weeks to get my hair cut and sip Drambuie yeah. and feel like a dick. That is um, too much. And I swear to God, yeah, anyway. digress. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I am really excited about this podcast. It's taken uh, many of my hours of the last few days me getting it set up. So can can we get some subscribers on there and to make it all worth it? But no, I think it's a really perfect platform for what we're um what we're doing here with more of these sort of talking based uh, shows. So. Uh, podcast going up there. We've got a link to the website, which may or may not be live at the time you're um, you're watching this. So uh, if you click it and it's not quite getting you there, um, go to anchor.fm and check out Sound of Movement. It's, I, I listen to it on um, or, um, Audible. No, not Audible. It's on Spotify. Um, Spotify. It's on Spotify. Yeah, it says it's on, on six of the big ones. Not quite on Apple yet, but yep. yeah. We're getting there. We're, We're getting go. there. Yeah. And uh, we sound awesome. I listened to it on the way to work this morning. I listened to yesterday's episode because I, to be honest, I was very disappointed in my performance yesterday. I had my head all over the place. I wasn't thinking straight and I messed up the presentation of the content yesterday in a big way in review. Uh, but... One of those uh, things where, you know... We, not knowing that you screwed it up, thought it was like, I thought it was pretty good, got a lot out of it. So, yeah, but, cool. You know, right. can always refine these things and get them. And get we them are, and we will, and we'll be better yeah. next time. All right. So, yesterday, to do a very quick recap, uh, we talked about the macro picture, and the macro picture is on a high level your purpose, 
your values, and then your vision of what success looks like, the grand picture, you know, and, and essentially your vision, and here's a, um, a pro tip for the players at home who have watched the whole series, your vision is a rewrite of your story. So, and we're going to talk about this a little bit tomorrow right, and Friday. Like so the, this is, that's where you actually rewrite your story, how you want it to look in the future. If your story is your past, your vision is your future. And it should obviously align to your purpose and values. Now, one of the things I messed up is writing it on the board. I wrote vision second, not third. Very disappointing. But anyway, uh, we, we, we won't dwell on the past. We'll just uh, get excited about yeah, the future. get a vision about the future, hey? That's exactly right. So today, the last three components of uh, goal setting is the re really the duck's nuts of it. This is where we we supercharge your su success, and I really mean that. This is the, the like the the key ingredient to writing successful goals. Uh, I'll, I'll quote a really good book uh, by brothers Chip and Dan Heath. They wrote a book called Switch, and it's all about switching behaviors and creating new habits in your life. And uh, one of the key pointers that they have sort of proven uh, is very important to creating goals is creating tangible stepping stones that you can tick off along the way that with each time you uh, bring yourself closer to the goal. Now, that, the concept of that has been elaborated on with so many different authors and so many different so social psychologists and, uh, and motivational speakers and coaches uh, that, um, you know, this concept of uh, focusing on the one thing, you know, um, uh, I think it was uh, Gary Keller who wrote the, the book, The One Thing. It's that what domino is going to be the most important to, to knock over first that will have a domino effect and bring you closer and closer and closer to your end result. So Yeah, I like the way he says it. He says that um, yeah, the one thing that will make everything else you do easier. So it's uh, easier or redundant. Or redundant. You know, yeah, yeah. literally. You know, so. so and that's what this is all about. You know, we need to reverse engineer because you know the, the first step here on the fitness strategy session for those playing at home is to define your big, hairy, audacious goal. That's a Vern Harnish. If you want to read his book, Scaling Up, or there was a new one. Uh, anyway, I won't go too deep into my library, but um, he talks about your big, hairy, audacious goal. Something that is like, uh, you know, it, it, it should make you nervous. If, it's, if it doesn't make you nervous about achieving it, then it's not audacious enough. If it enough. doesn't make you nervous, like, even just mentioning it to other people, that it's probably not big enough because, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> you kinda, that's exactly right. When you think about right, your you want to be a bit like, oh, yeah. and I feel like a fool telling someone that. <laughs> exactly. And so my big, hairy, audacious goals are usually three, five, and 10 years in advance. But for our tribe here, for their fitness, we the, the biggest membership we sell at Unity is a 12-month membership. And so we do a 12-month fitness strategy. And uh, so their big, hairy, audacious goal is what do they want to achieve with their health and fitness or their movement? movement goals, their body composition, whatever it might be, in 12 months. That's the audacious goal. And it's got to be big. You know, it's got to be big. Um, so we define that first. And then what we do from that point on is we think, okay, so now describe what this is, why this is important to you. The why is absolutely critical. A lot of people come with very, very uh, superficial body image goals initially, which are good because they get you in the door. But what we find is the why isn't very strong. Oh, why? Because I want to look good in my swimmers for summer. Or why? Because I want to look sexy to the opposite or, or, or to people that I'm appealing to so that uh, I might 
get laid. I don't know. Like you might just want to look awesome. Uh, and that's cool. That's all right. You know, that might be um, one of your values. But on a really cold, rainy day, if you're trying to change a habit of not exercising or recreate a new habit of exercising more, that why isn't going to be very strong. And it most likely isn't going to be strong enough to get you out of bed. You know, like this is a good one for you to put it back onto your business. Uh, I keep pushing you to ask, you know, what, what do you want to do? Like think big. Why do you want to do this? Like what, what is your 10 year vision of your business? You know, do you want to just be working in a, a consult room, um, doing physio and massage because I think it's kind of silly that you start your own business doing that. You can do that really easily working for someone else and probably pocket more money, you know? Yeah, so, and certainly spend a lot less time thinking about it when you go home at night. <laughs> that's exactly right, you know? And so it feels like I've challenged him to think real big with his business, you know? And it uh, just so happens that that um, challenging uh, thought process and his big, hairy, audacious goal aligns really well with Unity Gym and where we want to take this business. So we're yeah, like... Yeah, manipulated. But, uh. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm cognitive. I'm, I'm neural... neural linguistically pro- programming him into the yeah. direction that I want. Some in- inception stuff going on here. Uh, yeah, but, but I think it's a really important one for, for fitness goals. And um, yeah, I'll, sorry, I'll keep yeah, going on your No, your no, no, no. Look, I mean, I'll give you an example of a, 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 a unrelated to fitness goals. For me, uh, uh, yesterday, I talked about one of my values is investing um, uh, and, and wealth creation. And uh, my why that aligns with that is because... I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to live my purpose of delivering happiness through helping other people succeed. And the best way that I feel I can do that is to, the first step to happiness, I believe, is health. If you're, not, if you're not healthy, it's very hard to be happy. No amount of money is going to make you happy. No amount of friends is going to make you happy. There's always this shadow over you of, you know, uh, I'm overweight or I'm sick or I'm broken or I'm yeah, compromised. Can't, can't do the things that do make you happy. Like health is a pretty important sort of facilitator for, you know, doing the activities you want to That's do. That's exactly exploring right. Exploring the places you want to explore. In a That's exactly right. So on topic, running a gym, make take my word, anyone who's thinking about becoming a personal trainer or running a gym, it is not the fastest way to become wealthy. <laughs> it, it, is, it is probably one of the, the, the worst investments. It's, it's a passion project. Not many people invest in gyms because it's a good investment, you know. So I've had to hone my skills in investing outside of my business to make the little bits of money that I can make work for me, you know, and so it all fits into my grand picture. That's why investing and wealth creation is a real passion and value of mine. Um, It enables me to do the things I love and it enables me, having more money enables me to spend more time with my friends and family. It, It enables me to live the other values on my value wheel if you watched yesterday's show, okay? That's one example that's off topic to health. For me, health related, Health is ex- extremely important for me because I want to leave a legacy. I don't want to just be another gym. Rad and I and Richard and probably Phil too want to leave a legacy. We Like, like um, uh, Steve Jobs wanted to dent the universe in tech and, uh, and computers, home computers, I want to dent the universe in, in the fitness industry. I believe that the fitness industry is backwards. I believe that we've programmed ourselves to want to reverse engineer a body when it's not a functional way to encourage people to exercise. And uh, by that, I mean, you know, starting with body image and not really caring about how the body performs and feels. If we, if we flip that around and we start with how the body performs and feels, 
the body image comes as a natural side effect. And I think that we need to flip that around and that's what Unity Gym's all about. So we're not just about being another gym, we're about really leaving a legacy and changing the way people think about health. So that's my grand um, plan. Now, the only way I'm gonna be able to do that, in my opinion, is to look the part, is to walk the walk. So becoming and maintaining a very high level of health, a very high level of movement skill, all of those things is very important to me, you know, and that's my why. So I don't come to the gym to get to put 10 kilos on my bench press or to do a, a, a 10 second longer handstand. No, that's that's down here. That's on a superficial micro level. My macro level is about my legacy. And weighing more than rad. And weighing more than rad. <laughs> uh, so um, the why is super important. And that is our step two. Now, um, well, it's, it's actually on, on the fitness strategy. It's not step two. It's a part of step one. It's a part of the BHAG and defining your BHAG. Uh, now, step two is where we start breaking the BHAG down into bite-sized pieces. Now, I've got six and three months here because the BHAG is your 12-month goal. You could do this even more. Like we used to have a two-page fitness strategy, but I wanted, I'm all about simple. You know, I'm a huge believer in Einstein's um, uh, levels of intellect and you know you've got smart you've got um, uh, I can't remember but the, the fifth stage is simple and I and I very much believe that so ours is very very simplified you don't have to you can elaborate on this you can have monthly bite-sized pieces that are going to give you a check-in on a monthly basis but step two is very very important what does your big hairy audacious goal what does that look like in six months time so if your goal, let's say uh, straight up, your goal is a movement goal that we're reverse engineering, you want to nail a 60 second handstand, uh, what does success look like in six months? It could be you're doing a consistent 30 second handstand and uh, therefore uh, that that's quite straightforward and easy for you. If it's a body composition goal, then you've got to think, you know, if you're 20% body fat and you want to get to 10% body fat, the first 5% uh, from 20 to 15 is going to come much quicker than the last 5%. So you've got to be realistic. So uh, six months, you probably want to be at 14% or 13% because that last 3% getting you to 10% body fat is going to be much harder than the first sort of 5, 6, 7% of body fat. So you've got to think, you know, what does it look like in six months? Yeah. So before we go on, I think it'd be really great to be able to, uh, I guess, apply this to some of our viewers, some of our listeners. Mm. Um, so in the past episode, like now quite a few weeks ago with Rad, we had a few, quite a few people um, put in some of their some of their goals. So maybe it'd yep. be good to sort of work and re, um, reverse engineer maybe what it, what it might look like. So we've got Quok here who is tuned in, appreciating your uh, term, the ducks nuts, which I was also definitely appreciating. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he actually a week ago put in his some of his movement based goals here, so it might be worthwhile. Yeah, um, cool. Having a look at those before we do one kind of question, like because I've been sitting here thinking about you know my sort of um, BHAGs for health and fitness this year, yep. and um, I guess when I when I think about it really hard, like after sort of having played a lot of competitive sport and now I'm like into a time in my life where I'm really enjoying participating in everything, but I'm less like, and I really value and I feel better and my body feels, you know, less injured and everything if I am consistent. Um, I guess my sort of big goals are around sort of process goals rather yep. than outcome goals. So I'm not like, oh, I want to do a, you know, 180 kilo, you know, 
back squat or anything, but rather I'm about kind of I have like yeah process goals. So I want to be ticking the box each time that I'm I'm turning up and yeah. doing what I want so to do. So we're about to get to that. Yeah. Um, so I guess just how board. like with that's um, that's that's step three. Yeah, but like when <laughs> I'm thinking about my goals. Would you encourage people, even if they're like, you know, mostly process goal oriented, to have some outcome goals as their BHAGs? Or? I, I always start with an outcome goal. Okay. Always start with an outcome goal because process goals are usually linked to behavior. And uh, process goals, the easiest way to, um, I, that I believe, to determine the difference between a process goal and an outcome goal is a process goal can be affected right now in present time. You can go and do something yeah. to be ticking that box as opposed to an outcome-based goal that you cannot. So like an outcome-based goal, for example, for um, Kwok, his first one on the list is uh, middle splits. He's currently about 20 centimetres from no, the ground. He, he wants to get to 20 centimetres from the ground. Oh, currently okay. not that great. Not that great. Okay, so he wants to get 20 centimetres from his nuts uh, hanging ducks to the nuts, floor. Maybe. The duck's nuts. Okay, well, <laughs> he, I, say, I say sack on the floor is a full middle split. Um, uh, and so, yeah, he's 20 centimeters from that right now. Yeah. So you are the reason I had to change the podcast to explicit Yanni. <laughs> <laughs> I try so hard not to swear on this show. guys. Nah, I, you do you. Yeah. Um, now, uh, th- so let, let's, let's sort of reverse engineer. Sorry. I just got yeah. lost. Where, where are we? You, so, you, you distracted me with, um, yeah, middle splits, 20 centimeters from ground. Okay. And so we're talking process and outcome. So the outcome based goal is. 20 centimetres from the ground, okay? But when he goes to do a middle split right now, if I said to him, okay, warm up and do your middle, your best middle split, um, if he doesn't get 20 centimetres from the ground, I, I mean, I don't know, that's maybe not a good example because what he's doing right now is practising it, which is process. Um, but the process goal would be to do the practice the middle splits every day, you know? And, and that's something that he can um, affect right here, right now. So... Um, Stre- uh, stretching is not such a good example because the outcome is the thing. So I probably shouldn't have used that example. I'm going to use an example of weight loss because it's really black and white with weight loss. The moment you stand on a scale, it's too late to do anything. You're not doing anything that impacts the result you're looking at on the scale. So the outcome-based goal might be to lose 20 kilos. Uh, the process goal might be to cook your dinner every day so that you're getting your, so you're controlling what goes into your mouth that aligns with the diet you want to do to get your weight loss. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. So, um, let's talk, talk, give me an idea about your process goals, um, uh, so that we, we, I understand what you're, where you're coming from. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd be keen to kind of try and work through with some of these things here. So it seems like maybe Quack could, um, uh, to, like uh, he's messaged already on this show, but I guess here we've kind of got like quite a few different uh, movement goals. Uh, so there's also like the full back bridge. So you're saying for things like this, because doing the thing is the thing that makes you be able to do the thing that it's... Uh, doesn't fit into this template so well, or is it? No, it's not, because we're going to get to process at the bottom. See, my step three is that I've just given people uh, examples that they can choose or make up their own. So Quok's got a real mix there of process and outcome goals in his list. You know, he's got add compression work twice a week as number five, currently doing compression drills. um, So that's a process Process goal, goal. you know. 
Double body weight squat is an outcome goal. Yeah. You know? So, that's, and this is a really, really good um, discussion to be having because it's very important to determine the, the difference between the two. BHAGs are usually always outcome-based goals. Yeah. Okay? Um, the, the, and, and, the, and the reason, what we're about to get into here, des, de, describing the two differences, it's good. This is the direction I wanted the um, conversation to go in anyway. You can't focus day-to-day on outcome goals. It does nothing for you. And this is really, I think, the biggest mistake that people make. Yes, it's important to define your why. Why is your goal really, really important? Because that's what you're going to use when you're programming your brain in the execution side of things later on. That's what we're going to use to amplify your motivation and things like that. And and also make sure that you sort of um, stay accountable to that goal. But the um, process goal, the habit, the rituals that you start to implement on a day-to-day basis, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's the big part of the execution process that people muck up. So people stop after they say, I want to lose 20 kilos. And that's the level of most people's um, New Year's resolutions. They go, I'm going to lose weight this year. This is it. Or I'm going to join a gym this year, you know. And um, that's not good enough. That's yeah. not good enough. Like you need to go deeper than that. And you, cause what we're doing right now is fo- what, what, what we need to do is design a program or a plan that focuses on habits and behaviors and tasks that are going to align and get you to that goal. You know, there's a, there's a really great quote. Uh, I heard it from, uh, Ricky Ponting, who's the, used to be the Australian cricket captain. He said, are your habits today in alignment with your goals for tomorrow. And that's a really, really nice way of putting it. You know, if your behavior, if your rituals, if your habits today aren't furnishing or aligning with the goals that you want to achieve tomorrow, what hope do you have of achieving those goals? And if your focus or fixation is on the goal of tomorrow and you're not focusing on what you can impact today, you got Buckley's chance of achieving that goal tomorrow. And that's where a lot of us get really, really con- caught up. You yeah, know? I like that. So it's a very good, very good conversation that you've, uh, that you've opened up yeah. here. So One other um, question that I also have about outcome goals. So with yep. outcome goals, you can have controllable things and you can also have uncontrollable <laughs> things. So like an example is if I'm thinking about, you know, my current obsession with beach volleyball, loving playing uh, tournaments sort of most weekends and uh, I guess – I can't pick who's going to turn up at those tournaments I've talked about before where sometimes you just get a Fiji and Commonwealth Games athlete come and, you know, spike it at your face and there's nothing you can do but to (laughs) jump out of the way. So I guess with like, you know, it might be a goal of mine to say win one of the tournaments that I enter, but um, that's an example of where there's sort of the uncontrollables of other people that will come in and impact your goal. So would you encourage sort of... I disagree with you. I think that you're framing your goal a little bit incorrectly there. If you're finding that to win a tournament, you have to become as good as an Olympic player, then that's what my goal would be. My my BHAG would be... Going real hairy there. Yeah, seriously (laughs) though, you know. My BHAG would be, okay, in five years' time, I want to be... Uh, on par and to be able to, to to be able to potentially beat an Olympic player at beach volleyball, and then come off games. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Okay, so we've got a we've got a girl. There's a really great example of a great BHAG is that we've got a girl training here with us who's uh, working with Phil and I as well, 
and sh- um, she is a W League um, football player, so she's playing at the equivalent of the A League level, which is the highest level for women in the country. And her big, hairy, audacious goal in three years is, is to represent Australia, play for the Matildas at the next uh, World Cup, or is yep. it? Um, it's a World Cup, yeah, yeah, yeah female okay. World Cup. Uh, and that's brilliant. That's a brilliant, big, hairy, audacious goal. Now she is much further along the way that, than I am. For that's exactly like right. <laughs> so you might need five years or seven years, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's what that's where my big, hairy, audacious goals are set. You know, like I want um, I want Unity Gym as a big, hairy, audacious goal to have hundreds of locations in uh, by and and and. and I want our online community to be 20,000 strong, 10,000 in the gym and 10,000 online by 2030. That's 10 years. Like, that's, a, that's not a lot of time when you're talking about fucking world-changing um, international fitness brands, you know. It's freaking hairy. Yeah, if we, if we want to go there. Like, I think it's even more hairy than playing uh, at, at uh, the World Cup. I don't know. It might be. But anyway. Yeah. So... You know, guys, this is what I'm saying about shooting for the stars. If you fall short, the moon is a pretty nice place to land. So just to, like, challenge this idea and have this discussion, because it's probably, you know, hopefully helpful for um, other people who are trying to think about their goals. So in that example where you're suggesting that I shoot for the stars and, you know, try and beat the Commonwealth Games athlete, um, I guess if beach volleyball, if I put it on my wheel of things that are important to me with my um, with my values and where I want to get to, yep. um, if it maybe doesn't reach the same level as, uh, I guess, my you know family or my career, um, if it's something that I love doing on the side, I definitely get a lot of enjoyment and it's important to me, but maybe the time necessary, the process to become a Commonwealth Games-style athlete would then detract um, if I was to do the wheel and I'd, Absolutely. you know, if I spent all that time trying to become that uh high level of volleyball player, it would then mean my numbers are really going down in those other parts of my life that are, you know, arguably much more important to me. Um, How would you kind of navigate that to then fit it into a BHAG, but then still realistic? Um, Uh, There's a lot of evidence to suggest that you cannot become a master or master or become really high level at more than five areas of your life. And that's even hard. So um, when you look at that values wheel of 10 things, you can't, you can't master all 10 of them or all 12 of them. Five is about the limit, and that's for someone who really, really understands um, productivity hacking and, and, uh, and is you know, strong-minded and doesn't get overwhelmed with a little bit of stress and anxiety. You know? so, and that's why I went deep in the, in the psychology beforehand because the more hairy and audacious your goals are and the more you commit yourself, the more stressful they become. You know? yeah. and, seriously. And so if you're not um, sort of uh, working on managing the emotional side of goal setting and, and the potential of failure and all these sorts of things, then – yeah, it's going to be hard. And that's why I like to start with the psychology part, you know. But, you know, your your um, uh, stars might be to hold your own with one of those Olympic players, but your moon will be that you just dominate everyone else. Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting there. I mean, here's the thing, guys. It's not, there's nothing wrong with failure. You got to – part of goal setting and becoming a master of goal setting is um, um, building a really good relationship with failure and that you learn from your failures and that you grow from your failures. And I've failed hitting my goals many times. Yeah. But – The thing, the important thing that you do, I like, that I've really enjoyed, at the end of last year, you reflect on the last year, you look at your last year's goals, you see where you fell short, and then you can either decide to, you know, if – 
the reasons you fell short were controllable or uncontrollable. Yep. That was from my perspective. You having a look at like what can you impact there, and is it worth the yeah. you know the change in everything else you do yeah. to then overcome those? That's those exactly hurdles. right. So here's the thing: um, what you're, you're, the language that you're using there is really interesting. Controllable and uncontrollable. I believe that that is 100% controllable. You, everyone is neutral. Everyone starts off neutral. Yes, there is slightly um, different genetic. Um, uh, um, you know, um, benefits and things like that. But there's a lot of evidence to suggest that genetics um, only play a very small role in someone's success. Their environment and their upbringing plays a much bigger role, what they're, what they're exposed to, you know. Uh, and so I do believe that everyone starts off on a fairly neutral ground. Everyone has yeah. 24 hours in the day. I mean, that's not entirely true. You know, some people are born with abnormalities, deformities, and, and start with a compromised body. But if you've got, you know, everything functioning properly and, uh, and all of that, I do believe that everyone is sort of neutral and we can achieve incredible Yeah, but I guess things. there are some pretty hard uncontrollables in that, like, if you hadn't had a goal to uh, do a, you know, two-minute handstand and then you got hit by a car and then mm. you spent, you know, absolutely. most of your year in yeah. hospital, then yeah. you can appreciate that there are times when it is absolutely uncontrollable. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do, I do think sometimes people do attribute uh, uncontrollable parts of their life um, when maybe if they were better planned or, um, you know, yeah, maybe thought absolutely. about it. But I think it is important to acknowledge that there are some things that you just, you know, will yeah. impact your success with the goal. And that's why I think that reflection, reflection period, being really honest with yourself, if it was, you know, did I fall short because of something that I did versus did I fall short because something just happened in life that I couldn't have. And, couldn't, and yeah, I think because, yeah, 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 otherwise absolutely. people become really you know, disenfranchised with like why they're, you know, not achieving things if you don't go through that reflective process. And then you might think kind of, you know, setting goals is meaningless. But if you're learning from those those failures, then it's a really worthwhile. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Look, a, a great book to read that, that will open your mind about this is the You Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And I've read a lot of books like that about really, really amazing people who have overcome incredible things to achieve uh, success at levels that most of us only dream about, you know. And so I do believe that it really comes down to the individual's mindset and how, how, how strong they are and how strong-willed they are to overcome whatever's thrown in front of you. Totally. Shout out to my mate, uh, Oli Doucette, who was just the first amputee to ever ride Nazare, which is like big wave surfing in Portugal, the biggest waves in the world. And, Boom, you know, there you he, go. He had a, a bike accident, uh, a motorbike accident in Bali two years ago. Lost his lower leg, and then um, now he's back riding the biggest way in the world. So it's amazing what what people can do if they That's decide exactly that you right. know, they're not going to be held down, yeah. even though he had an uncontrollable you know tragedy that could really uh, send someone the other way. Uh, he's you know, That's exactly it, right. So. And you you know like um, David Goggins, I've never seen him speak in real life, but I've listened to his audio book, which is much like a podcast, um, and I've read his book too. Um, he's completely 100% convinced that anyone can achieve anything. And honestly, what he's achieved with his body and, and I ha- overcome is, is, is quite phenomenal. You know, I fell, fell off a horse and really badly damaged my spine uh, and was told that I'd never be able to do things that I do today. Uh, I, and, and that's small scale in comparison to an amputee who's lost a limb and then gone and run a marathon or become a, a, an Olympic swimmer or, you know, and all these things like, man, we are so capable of doing things far beyond what our expectations are. And so I, I, I just am I'm erring on the side of caution when the word can't or outside of our control is used because in my belief, it's just a matter of rising to the occasion and, and uh, not allowing yourself to get beat up. But 
you know, on that note, it requires an immense level of psychological and emotional training to be able to take yourself there. And most people just aren't willing to put that effort in. You know, it, like this, and this is what I um, I talk about with my uh, history of depression and suicidal attempts and things in my twenties to where I am now. Like it took a lot of training. It took a lot of training, uh, mental and emotional training, to be in a position where that is just a complete um, part of my history that I don't even think about much anymore except to share my story, educate and motivate other people, you know. And I, I know a lot of people who have overcome quite serious uh, tragedy to achieve amazing things. I know that we've digressed a little bit there, but I think that's important, you know, because there are a lot of people there who have limited beliefs about what they can achieve. And, um, and that's one of the big problems, you know, that limiting belief often stifles your ability to just get started, you know, and, uh, and, and setting big, hairy, audacious goals is not about fearing failure. Uh, it's about, um, just really having a crack because I can't, cannot stress this enough you know, shooting for that goal and failing is no problem at all because there's a very high probability that you will have really seriously altered your trajectory in life just having a crack at it. And that reflection that Phil talked about that we do every year and that I encourage everybody to do and then acknowledging like what the win was and what and 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 uh, the lessons that were learned if you, you know, along the way, oh man, it's, it's a powerful, powerful, powerful process. Do you have anything else to add? Um, no, I think we should try and get through to the end of um, this sheet to, and yep. maybe you know, use a continue with an example that you're on just to yep. really clearly show that last step. Yeah, well, absolutely. So the three areas of um, of sort of um, I guess uh, uh, goal hacking that I focus on is motivation, movement, and nutrition in here, and those usually align with whatever anyone wants to achieve when they come in here. So um, to give you an example, now once we've got our six-month and our three-month uh, stepping stones that we can check in on, and that's really important because and, and they need to be tangible. They're outcomes that we can say, okay, I'm on track or I need to recalibrate at that three-month mark or that six-month mark. And I used to do it on a monthly basis so that everyone had a monthly check-in. Uh, I've just simplified it here. So you guys can elaborate on that depending on how deep you want to go. The more stepping stones, usually the better because the, the, the less of the leap between uh, steps yeah. to get there, you know. Uh, and it's important to check in and see whether you're on track and, and, and reflect and review and then maybe alter your trajectory uh, or um, uh, your expectations, you know. So now we're on the we're we're on the point where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, metaphorically. And so a couple of examples here. I've got I, I just list six for people in motivation might be to review this fitness strategy session every day. Because remember, goals are far more powerful when we're writing them down every day. So I like to talk about. Um, you know, diarizing or reviewing the strategy and the goal every single day. That's very, very powerful. Okay. Second might be uh, to post progress to our group. So in, in fitness, uh, fuck, I was going to say fitness first, in Unity Gym. Uh, whether used to work there back in the day. Yeah, I, I worked at, uh, at a big box um, mainstream gym for 10 years as a, as a trainer and a coach. Um, the, the, uh, for us, we have our tribes. We have our um, UMS online coaching tribe. We have our Unity Gym 
online tribe and we have our movement mastermind which is really a, a massive group for anyone who we've interacted with online they may have bought a standalone program downloaded one of our blueprints something like that it's a point for us to stay connected with those people so what we suggest is um, one of the final steps setting a goal writing it down creating a plan which we've done now the final step is creating maximum accountability and in the research the studies have indicated that the best way to do that is to appoint or um, recruit people who are like-minded who you can check in with regularly so a coach is a really good example employing some form of a coach getting becoming part of a tribe of people who are sort of striving for the same goals and that's why we've created these online tribes 24 7 365 days a year someone can post on there and get some feedback get some support get a little bit of motivation if that's what they need you know uh, get some accountability and that's how we maximize accountability so second is their uh, post progress to the group uh, read daily affirmations we're going to talk about that tomorrow that's about the programming process uh, start daily meditation. Again, we've spoken a bit about that. We're going to talk more about that tomorrow and Friday. Create a vision board. Vision is insanely powerful. You know, writing your vision down is only one step of the vision creation process. The, the next step is to create what's referred to as a vision board where we actually create like visual pictures. We, we, we can draw them, we can illustrate them, or we can just get them off, um, off Google or, or st stock images that represent the things that you want to achieve, you know. Uh, and then uh, finally, keep a gratitude diary, which is really just a daily check-in that I do in the evening where I write down the five things that I did this day that I'm truly grateful for or the five things that happened to me this day that I'm truly grateful for that align with all of this sort of stuff. So uh, that's the motivation. Love it. Do you want to uh, read out the examples for movement? Uh, yeah, so we've got start evening stretching, train five days per week, uh, pre-workout foam rolling, start masterclass program, use the program scoreboard or schedule remedial therapy. So for you, you might think about goals that are particular to your, um, you know, your particular movement goals. So uh, Holly K Knight, Tommy, got one of the guys at the gym, he's got in the previous uh, video where we got people to put in their goals about um, acro skills. So looking at right butterfly, on uh, butterfly twist and uh, corkscrew. So you know, he might, you know, rewrite those six goals to be more related to, you know, some uh, like acro stuff would be in there instead of, you know, maybe sub out foam rolling. Some, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got a lot of goals, um, brother, and and so does um, uh, who are we talking? Who, uh, Quok. Uh, Quok before, um, and so that might be something that you need to think about, like really get becoming laser focused on the, the handful of things that you yeah. want to do. So Rad, you know? was, Rad was encouraging like, you know, about five movement goals. Yeah, like maximum, yeah. But that, maximum. That I think even sits under maybe your BHAG. Like, yeah. I think it's kind yeah. of like BHAG, those other things. Yeah, and then, that's yeah. right. Yeah, because what we've found is that when you and, – and, and we, we've got um, uh, Daniel Vadnell from Fitness FAQs and Cy Monster coming on the show in two months, in March. And it'll be interesting to listen to those guys talk because I've spoken to them both about this before and they literally – have one movement that they want to unlock and they work, they, they just hone on that and they focus, laser focused on that until they unlock it and then move on to the next thing. Most recently for Dan, it was his planche. He wanted to do a five second planche and man, that boy put the time and hours in on it. It was, it was phenomenal to hear 
how many hours he was spending on plant training, you know? Um, so that's another example on the acro, like what you could also be doing there is you could be doing, uh, looking at other people doing it. So there's a lot of, um, research show that for learning new skills, like the mirroring, um, thing is really important. So watching people who do perform it really well. So going to YouTube, having that kind of daily practice of, of watching the skill and that starts to like kind of teach your brain a little bit. Also imaginary training is a really powerful tool for skills development. So you're trying to really put yourself in the zone, really trying to emulate what it would feel like, the sounds, the smells of being in your gymnastics training center and doing some imaginary training. There's amazing research into just the power of the brain to learn skills there. So you can see how you could change those six where, you know, they might not, these six might not necessarily be the most relevant for your goals, but this is a, you know, a good place to start. Yeah, absolutely. To give you an example, when I was boxing, I was an amateur boxer for about 16 years. Uh, part of our um, warm-up process before a bout was to sit down because our, our, uh, as an amateur, we were only fighting either uh, three three-minute rounds or four two-minute rounds, uh, depending on the federation and the organisation that was organising the event. Uh, we used to sit, have to sit down and visualise the entire bout from start to finish each round and how we were going to feel and what we were going to think about during our 60-second recovery periods between rounds, like the entire thing. And so we sat there, and it was basically a 12-minute meditation. And every time I took that seriously, I performed astronomically better. Yeah, uh, the, it, it, did the same thing for World Championships with Frisbee, like with Ultimate Frisbee. Had, yeah, same yeah, process, and it's, yeah, yeah. it's a really powerful tool. It's absolutely powerful. Yeah, and if people are interested, um, I, in my sports science degree, I did lots on motor control and learning, and a lot of this kind of brain stuff came into it, so potential topic for future if people are interested in it, so let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Speaking of people letting us know, let us know if you like what we're doing. Hit the like button, please, uh, yeah. and also get some comments in there and tell us about your goals and, and if you've had a go at doing what we've been talking about the last few days and if you're giving the fitness strategy worksheet a go yeah absolutely now one last thing uh i would actually like to say anyone who downloads the fitness strategy session and it works just comment yes downloaded um uh so that we so know that that, that whole thing worked yeah the last thing i'll quickly rip and through also is if you've subscribed to the podcast yeah know, that's please. right yeah um uh, the last uh, we'll give you the examples of what i've got here for nutrition start the nutrition system we provide our tribe a nutrition system to follow keep a personal diet diary do weekly meal prep optimize macros intake use a nutrition exercise app like uh, my fitness pal or something like that uh, use nutrition supplements to bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be uh, so those are just some basic yeah, examples another one i quite like for nutrition is that uh of, like when you're in the shop, don't buy the thing that you know that you'll binge. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> you know, to make that decision once. Uh, and... <laughs> another great one that's not there is to start shopping immediately after you've had a really good hearty meal yeah. so that you go to the supermarket on a full belly and you're not, you know, uh, you, you don't have food cravings going on and that hit while you're there. So there's all these really great ideas. If you guys need some more, yeah. hit us up in the comments section and we'll or happily... Let us know which ones you put in as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now we're going to wrap it up. We're going to bring this in for a landing. I'm very excited about the next couple of days because we're going to go deeper into, you know, the concept of execution, how, to, how this actually looks on a day-to-day basis what your plan should start to look like and things like that. We'll go deeper into that step three that we sort of brushed over today. And uh, it would be great to get you guys in the comments section over the next 24 hours to comment some ideas about things that align with your goals. We want to know that you guys are thinking about this specifically to what you guys are trying to achieve this year. Yeah. 
Uh, subscribe and tell your friends. <laughs> That's right. And if you don't like what we're doing, double tap that dislike button. Uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for joining. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever.